And so now it's my delight to introduce our own senior minister here, a, an advisor, a spiritual advisor, a teacher of mine, and someone who I'm delighted to share in service with, Reverend Patrick Cameron, Dr. Reverend Patrick Cameron. Good morning. Welcome. All right. Here we go. Let me grab all my stuff. Well, I invite you to know with me, one life, perfect life, God's life, that life is our life, my life in this moment. And speaking in the first person, what I know is that every good thing necessary for this moment to be perfected in and through and as myself, in and through and as each person here, that we come to this well, always available, and are renewed in our thinking, amplified in our way of being, and so that vibration of the Most High is our vibration. And so I just give thanks knowing that in that healing of any sense of separation, that everything necessary to be made realized, made known, and applied in our lives is made clear. I give thanks for the beautiful, the beautiful musicians we have with us, the beautiful volunteers, and all the things that come together each week for us to come, come together and be reminded of the truth of who we are. With that said, I give thanks, knowing it is already done in the mind of the one, and together we say, and so it is. Awesome. Thank you, Stefan. All righty. We have um, um, a wonderful tradition that, and it's and it's a bit of it's quite unique. So I wanted to give a little bit of thought and, and discussion to that today, because it's um, uh, it's important to be reminded of why we we come together and why we do the things that we do. A wonderful book inspired in a chapter in a wonderful book uh, by Richard Moss called The Mandala of Being inspired uh, what I wanted to share with you today. And in the book, he, he has a title of a chapter called Tamed and Untamed Emotions. And he begins the chapter by saying that we are enlightened. We are enlightened only to the degree that we are able to fully experience and not become identified with and captured by our emotions. We are enlightened only to the degree that we are able to fully experience and not become identified with and captured by our emotions. Has anyone here ever been identified by their emotions or captured by their emotions? We've got two people over here on the right and half a dozen on the left. That's good. So let me speak to you guys. The rest of you, I'll catch up with you. He follows that by saying that we evolve in consciousness by turning toward our immediate experience and learning to be present yet non-reactive. So part of it, and this is the same thing that Eckhart Tolle talks about in the new earth and in the power of now. It is whatever is going on with us being able to turn towards it and be present with it. And sometimes it's very difficult to do that. The tamed emotion does not disrupt the continuity of our ego. So it's something that we understand. The tamed emotion is something that we're used to. Tamed emotion does not mean nice. It just simply means we're used to it. So it could look like it is the me consciousness. It is who is angry. Well, I am. Who is jealous? I am. Who is happy? I am. Who is going to get even? Me. Almost any emotion that we can identify and name falls under the category of tamed. An untamed emotion is a feeling we cannot readily separate ourselves from. Even to name what exactly we're feeling, we can have a sense of drowning, disillusion, devastation, dread, 
It's unnameable, it's terror, it's annihilation, suffocation. So it's, it, it overwhelms us. And there's a lot of people that experience um, what we would call um, free-floating anxiety. Just this panic attack that would come over. And, and I, I've had discussion with a number of people. But I think to a greater or lesser degree, all of us have that experience. And one of the things that, that I think is a wonderful tool when we're having that experience is realizing that for all of us, there's a place in all of us that is untouched, that feels good at all times. And so part of the, the process of being present is not only turning to it, but also realizing we turn to it is to find that, that centering place within us that, is, that feels good. There's somewhere within all of us that feels good all the time, despite what's going on. And it is at that doorway that if we can turn towards, it helps us ground us in the present moment and realize that, and that, as we do that more and more, it becomes a larger experience. It becomes more prevalent in our day-to-day, the way we operate. Tamed emotions are the ego's survival adaptions. So what happens also is that when we start to fall into the void of the unknown, because we really struggled to want to find, have something to catch on to, what we will do when we start to fall into the void of the, the unknown is that we will, we will right away default to an emotion that we're familiar with. So if our pattern is, if we, we all have a, a sort of a, a tripwire to one of those because we need something to hang ourselves emotionally onto. And so if our tendency is, is one emotion, then when we start to fall into that oblivion, we will go right to that emotion. So it may not correlate, it may not, it may not make sense in the moment, but what it does is it gives us some, a footing for what's happening. And this is how our egos work. It needs that. When we, when we can turn towards it and we can find a moment that's, that's what I would call that divine grace, that sense of, of, of all is well. Richard Moss describes it as this, that almost everyone has brief moments of brushing the edges of the higher potential. And these are moments of profound peace, of feeling absolutely safe, held and connected to existence. Moments of clarity of mind and understanding that transcends anything we've known before transcends anything that we've known before. These moments are brief and not necessarily transformative, but to whatever degree we glimpse such states of wholeness, our basic orientation towards a God of fear becomes weakened, and we turn, however, incrementally toward the God of love. And so, you know, in many traditions, it's not even a discussion, but what it is is that our perceptions color our experience of God. We've always done that. People in every tradition have done that. And so our work here as metaphysicians, which means beyond the physical, we're a metaphysical teaching. We believe in directed faith. We believe in affirmative prayer. These are some of the tools and the skills. So as, we, as our awareness amplifies itself, we're better able to use the tools and the awareness in our lives to help transform and shift and change our life experience. When I was at Asilomar this past summer, there was a wonderful teacher that spoke. And Asilomar, if you're new to the, the community or even if you're not, Asilomar is spelled A-S-I-L-O-M-A-R, Asilomar. And it is a, it is a, it's a um, um, facility that is owned by the state of California. It's right on the coast. It's beautiful. And each week there's different groups that go in. And so for two weeks out of the year last year, we had two weeks. This year we'll have one year, uh, one week. This year we'll have one, yeah, for sure, one, one year. Uh, but we will have a week this year, and it's usually in the summer. Uh, usually when the, when the weather is most beautiful in Edmonton, we're in, in Pacific Grove where it's overcast, cloudy, and rainy. <laughs> so go figure. And, we, and I was there for two weeks of it this year. 
But it's a wonderful experience. And, and Dr. Lloyd Tupper spoke, and he did a, just a wonderful uh, sharing about his experience in our movement. He's, uh, Tupper's been uh, involved with our movement for 41 years. And he's the founder of the Holmes Institute, which is where uh, the united branch of our organization, which used to be, now we're uh, integrated, uh, established their training for their ministers. But he, he did a beautiful sharing about this and how it relates to untamed and tamed emotions and our emotional nature and the, and the pathway. And I think it's worth sharing with you as well. He said that 20 years ago, Dr. Bitzer, Robert Bitzer, was the uh, good friend of Dr. Ernest Holmes and founded the Hollywood Church of Religious Science back years and years and years ago. And Bitzer actually became the first president of the International Centers for Spiritual Living. But 20 years ago, he got up before the audience and the Berlin Wall had just come down and there were a lot of things, changes going on. And what he said was that we are the people changing the world. And the reason he said that was because he said, we are the people that work with first cause at the level of consciousness. First cause is that everything begins with consciousness. That's why we do our affirmative prayer. That's why we do our spiritual work. We work with first cause. Ernest Holmes said, it is not a harder time or a darker time. And this is in our textbook, which he wrote in 1932. It's not a harder time or a darker time. It appears harder because we've lost our way. And so when we lose our way, the, the light dims. It's not that it's darker, but we've moved out of that, that, that vibration of the Most High. So on January 18, 1988, two days before he died, Raymond Charles Barker, another legend, Barker and Bitzer, both legendary teachers. Barker had a large work in, in New York City for a number of years, spoke at Lincoln Center, and started and launched a number of ministerial careers. Spoke at the Fremont Church with Reverend J. Scott Neal. And, and Lloyd Tupper wrote uh, and shared this quote that Barker shared that day. Barker said, Yesterday ended last night. Only the negative should go. Take time to look and to think. Yesterday ended last night. Only the negative should go. Take time to look and think. The past is great with good to meet, and to meet your past, that is fine, but you can never return. The world will not do you any good. It is too easy to go the world's way. Stand still and know what the world doesn't know. Stand still and know what the world doesn't know. So what doesn't the world know? Because if we look at the world of effect, and those facts are real. When the, when the, when the markets go a certain way and the weather does a certain thing, all those things are facts. But as, as, as medita- metaphysicians on this planet and having this teaching at our disposal, the first thing to know is that I am, you and I, we are. I'm just sending love. But it's really important, and I want to be able to share this with you. I am, I am consciousness experiencing idea. You and I are consciousness experiencing idea. Most people don't think like that. And it's not a criticism of most people, because most people have never had this idea shared with them. The infinite currency is ideas. I am consciousness experiencing idea. If I am stuck somewhere, if I'm having an experience with someone else, what's the bigger idea for me to know to give birth to? I am consciousness experiencing idea. We must consistently return to first cause. First cause is God is everything there is. That's very difficult to see. How could God be there? Look what's happening here. You know, I watched the thing on the the Twin Towers going down, and many people changed their whole perception of God at that point in time because they felt that God had something to do with it, and God did have something to do with it. God has given us dominion over life to make choices. 
And some people choose certain things to have that experience and to share that experience with others. And some of it is horrific. But that is the infinite. It's all God. It's just a very low form of God. There's not a very high vibration evolved there, but there's life there. It's just not a very... Uh, that vibration of the most high is just very, very important and very powerful. I am consciousness experiencing idea. So we must elevate consciousness. That's why we do spiritual practice. That's why it's necessary. That egoic nature of tamed and untamed emotions is so strong. The pull is so strong. So that when we become overwhelmed, of course we're going to revert to form. Of course we're going to become depressed. We're going to withdraw. We're going to become angry. We're going to become uh, victims. We're going to become... There's so many choices to be made. But it's not the truth of who we are. It's just a choice that we're making in the moment. And we can also make a new choice. I am consciousness experiencing idea. Some would say we don't deal with reality. Some would say, look at the world, we're not dealing with reality. We deal with the only reality, first cause. I had a sister when I became a minister in this teaching, and I sent her all the books because you're always, you know, there's nobody more scary than a, a, a born-again metaphysician, and I was sending her all the books, and I was going to change her life. And after eight or nine months of me you know, spending 20 bucks a week to send her a new book that I found inspiring... I'd buy one for me and one for her. She said to me, do you guys believe in God? And I said, and right away I knew she hadn't read any of the books I'd sent her. So I stopped doing that. And I said, it's all we believe in. It's all we believe in. See, because God's not a personality. God is not a man on a cloud. God is a principle we're immersed in. We are swimming in the ocean of God. Um... Richard Moss in his book, The Mandala of Being, which I was referencing at, at the beginning, he talks about having a sugar cube. If I had a big glass bowl of water here and I've dropped a sugar cube into it, the sugar cube would slowly dissolve into the water. It becomes absorbed. We're absorbed in the infinite. Every thought, every thought, every feeling, this infinite, benevolent, loving presence says yes. Says Yes. See that? And when we raise ourselves to a higher vibration of awareness in that relationship and in that conversation, amazing things happen. As long as we stay stuck at a level of thinking that reflects our untamed and tamed emotions and we don't lift ourselves up, it's very limiting. That life's, it becomes repetitive. What, what's unique about what we do, you and I, in this teaching, if we really step into it and we really work it, is we choose to be chosen. We step up and say, life, do life through me. God, there's a power greater than I am, and it's having its way by means of me. That's what Dr. Ernest Holmes said. There's a power for good in the universe, and you can use it. And it can use me. It is in co-creation. This is a mystical teaching. This is a divine portal, a way into that. We speak our word from divine ideals. We don't deal with factual reality. We know the truth. We speak our word from divine ideals. That's why spiritual practice is so important. Because we want to speak our words, we want to do our prayer work from that elevated awareness of consciousness. Our minds are the center of divine operation, always producing new divine ideas. Did you get up this morning and say that to yourself? My mind is the center of divine operation, always producing new divine ideas. Most people have the same thoughts over and over and over again and expect different results. Dr. Ernest Holmes said it would be really beneficial, really helpful if every once in a while you would entertain a new idea. 
Go figure. Really helpful. You see, that's why their teaching seems so silly and simple. And yet it's so hard because we have to catch ourselves. We have to catch ourselves when we, we go back into those habitual ways of thinking. Our minds are the centers of divine operation, always producing new divine ideas, producing new consciousness, new conditions, a new dawn. And we must go to the well daily. We must go to the well daily. That's why we do spiritual practice. That's why we get together in classes. I, watch, I love classes. I love being in class with everybody. I'm teaching a class at 2 o'clock this afternoon, Prosperity Plus. It's not about money. People think it's about money. It's about a shift in consciousness, opening ourselves up to a new reality, a bigger idea. It's so powerful. It's so much fun to watch. It's painful sometimes, but it's fun to watch because it's, it's really about this evolution. It's really about turning towards those things that we've avoided in our own experience in your own unique and wonderful way and saying, wow, I've been letting this scare me forever. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to welcome in a new idea. I'm the thinker that thinks the thought that creates the new experience. But we must do it daily. Must do it daily. See, whatever is good, the great thing is the universe wants this for us. We are not alone in this. The, whatever's good has a tendency to hang around. Have you noticed that? Now, if you start to believe that and live from that, you really start to see it. But if your mantra, like mine was for years and years and years, is, you know, you can never get a break, that was my affirmation. I felt like I could never get a break. You know, I had the conscience where if an extra uh, 50 bucks showed up in my life, I'd find a way to spend that 50 bucks either on fixing a flat tire or being towed somewhere by a tow truck or, or getting a speeding ticket. So I was, I, was, I was using the law. I just wasn't using the law in a really productive way, in my opinion. It, that may sound productive to you. For me, it was very disappointing. The extra, the extra 50 would show up and the extra 50 would go. And I'd think, hmm. And then the frustrating part is I'd say, you know, hey, I'm responsible for this. I'm not happy with this. And that's a trap we can fall into. Because I, I was always using that law in that way. What was happening as I was waking up is I realizing I've been using this law the wrong way. Then I had to go to work to shift it and change it. But we're all in it together. We're all doing the same thing. In Mark Nepo's book, so what have you read today? What have you read today that helped prime the pump where you go and you wash yourself, your consciousness clean? Because this is the work we can all do. You don't have to be in a class. There's a Creative Thought magazine. There's Science of Mind magazine. You can Google online things that inspire you, inspired quotes. Mark Nepo says this. It's a wonderful book. We have him in the bookstore. We picked it as the book of the year, the book of awakening. And every once in a while I pull it back out, but, but Laura and I have copies of it handy in many places. Mark Nepo says this for September 25th. And it's a, it's a little reading for each day of the year. He says, we spend so much of our time on earth running after or running from. And I would, I would say this is true about our emotions too, tamed and untamed. It gets us running too and running from. In our want of love, we chase after someone or set ourselves up as bait. Anybody ever done that? Chase somebody? Or are you bait? In our dreams of success, we hunt after goals and hide from what we or others perceive as failure. And none of it, none of the strategizing to land a job or the hiding in order to prevent being hurt can reward us with peace or protect us from life. So all that running and chasing 
At the end of the day, and this is just so profoundly true, it has been my experience in life. I wasted so many hours, he continues, I wasted so many hours not just in trying to get published, but in hunting for the right publisher that would make me feel worthy in the eyes of others. None of that effort, even when successful, brought me any closer to the pulse of life that writing uncovered for me in the first place. See, he had the whole idea. This is the wrong-headedness that David White talks about. He had the idea that once he got published and he gets the right publisher, he, we make up stories, do we not? I just watched the movie uh, Being There. One of my favorite movies of all time. Peter Sellers plays a gardener. His name is Chance. And he's raised by this family. He does not know how to read and write, but he knows how to take care of flowers. And the family he lives with, the man passes away, and he's without a home. And so he puts on his nice suit and he goes out into the world. And so he's completely naive and he's completely oblivious to life and all of the intricacies. And he happens into an environment where he's brought in by um, a wealthy woman married to a very influential man, very wealthy, and friends with the President of the United States. And so as the story goes along, here's, he's, here's just Chance. They, call him, they end up calling him Chancey Gardner. And here's Chance, and all he knows is gardening. And so the president meets him, and he says, what's your take on the economy and what's happening? And he said, well, if the roots are strong, there'll be new growth in the spring. And so the president of the United States says, wow. So he goes on and does a press conference, and it tells everyone in the country, one of my dear closest advisors, Chancey Gardner, says if the roots of the economy are strong, there'll be new growth in the spring. We need to be optimistic about the situation. And, and the amazing thing, it's all projection. Because all, all Chauncey Gardner's talking about is how, how plants grow. And what the president is hearing is, it's, oh, he's talking about the economy. Well, fascinating, fascinating, isn't it? And here's Mark Nepo. He's made up this story about finding the right publisher. And that will bring him happiness. And he gets the right publisher, and he's still not any happier. We often fantasize in secret, he says, imagining that life is better elsewhere if we could just get there. If we just get elsewhere, if I can get somewhere else, I'll be happy. We often work harder in our dreams than in our life. Do you do a lot of work in your dreams? Whew, you should see what I'm dreaming right now. Man, I got it going. We tend not to do this with our want for a more satisfying relationship. We imagine that somewhere outside of the life we're living, there awaits, there awaits a man or woman who will alleviate all of our pain and all of our numbness. And so we hide our dissatisfaction with the life we've created and secretly hunt for an imagined cure for what is meant to be who we are. He gives advice at the end of each one of these readings, a little, little coaching. He says, imagine that what wakes in you has lived forever. See, that's that spot that's never touched, that feels good all the time. And that it awakes within a soft and resilient casing of tissue that will take you wherever you want that you have these delicate surfaces through which to feel wind and see light and sense the spirit of everything else that has lived forever. It's just beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. This is the truth of who and what we are. If we, if we go with the way of the world, the world doesn't support that idea. It takes courage and clarity and practice to go out in the world with this consciousness and consistently live from it. Ernest Holmes says the evolution takes us only so far and then involution must be engaged. Evolution will take us so far and then involution must be engaged. What have you read today? Did you get up this morning and read something? 
Did you read our minds are the center of divine operation, always producing new divine ideas? Anybody here? Beat me to it? Okay. And it's, it's okay if you haven't, but we have to go to the well. Dr. Lloyd Tupper said that we have to continue to go back to the well. That's why we have practice. It's not just religious science came up with that. Look at the Buddhists. Look at the Hindus. Their traditions go back years and years and years prior to Christianity. The Hindus are the oldest tradition on the planet. They know about meditation. The Buddhists know about setting an intention. They call it imprints. They had affirmative prayer going a long time before we, we stumbled on it. We are the chosen people. We are the chosen people. But every person is chosen. There's a little guy that comes with Brian once in a while and he calls himself God. And he's, he's young enough and, and alive enough and uninhibited enough to just say, I'm God. How would that go at work tomorrow if you went to work and told everybody you're God? I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would go down to Walmart and as a Walmart greeter greeted me, I'd say, good morning, I'm God. But it's the truth. And, and, and some wonderful uh, people in the community said, you know, it's great to meet an enlightened individual. We're all enlightened individuals. This is what happened with Jesus. He's the great exception. Let's let Jesus do it. You know, what would Jesus do? What would you do? He's not here anymore. He left it to us. Well, I'm not Jesus. Well, maybe not, but you're God. And see, that is a shift. And that is, it's so important to do the work in that direction. But see, you have, you have a story made up about what God means. You're a master of time, space, and dimension. No, you're not. You don't control everything. But you're in co-creation in your own life. And you're planting the seeds of possibility or not. Or planting the same seeds over and over and over again. What have you read today that has lifted you up and elevated you in consciousness? Because spirit cannot come down to that level at the, at the way that you'd like it. You've got to do the work. Our work is to lift ourselves up often and frequently over and over and over again. And to wash ourselves at the pump, as, as Lloyd Tepper said. To wash ourselves clean at the pump of consciousness, that cosmic pump. We are the chosen people. We have chosen to be chosen. We have the mind of God. We are divine. The world needs us. The world needs this consciousness, this movement, pushing it forward, changing the world. And we need the world. We have to be in relationship with it. I am an ageless, deathless being of God. I am consciousness and I will go forward, was what Lloyd Tepper said. I am an ageless, deathless being of God, and I am consciousness, and I will go forward. All of us will leave these bodies. I heard a wonderful example of what happens when we expand consciousness. I can't remember, reference who it was, but it said that when we, when we transition from this lifetime to the next lifetime, and we've done the work at the level of consciousness, there's many, many possibilities open for us. I believe that's true. I think love's, life's an outward and upward spiral. Dr. Holmes, we, didn't, we don't teach reincarnation, but... He didn't want to get people confused or distracted because all we have is this moment to, to live in. But I think life is a continuum. He said it's an outward and upward spiral. But as we make, do our spiritual work here, we have more options available. And I, to me, that resonates with some accuracy. He said about past lives, I've been, I, when I was a younger guy, I had a past life regression done and I came out and I thought, I don't know. I could have been making all this up. And then I found Dr. Holmes. And what Dr. Holmes says, I don't know. You could be making it all up. I said, I like this guy. And the reason for it is if we are all immersed in one mind and we have a perception of a life, is it my life or somebody else's life? 
Am I predisposed to tap into that experience because there's something alive in me that was alive in them? So I just think you know, all that stuff drives me crazy. I, I have this moment to choose in. And if I'm being influenced by my past lifetimes for some reason, so I can't choose effectively in this moment, it's not helping. I can't think two things at once. And so I'm, I'm not discounting it. It's just saying this was Holmes' clarity. The, yesterday, whether it was yesterday for real or the past life ended, it's over. He understood that the point of power is now, right now. And it doesn't matter what you did that you can't forgive yourself for. You can forgive yourself now. And you can clear that slate and you can say, I'm open and ready, right here and right now. We can go the way of the world or we can declare our truth. And that takes courage. So we can decide today to go out and do something that really exists. Decide to go to the well and wash ourselves clean. We can do it through what we read, what we expose ourselves to. I, I, I bought the first season of Lost because my, my older son loved this thing and I wanted to watch it. And I, I got through the first season. It's great. There's no commercials. You can just boom, boom, boom. 42 minutes to get through an hour. I like that, a 42-minute hour. No commercials. And it's, it's fascinating. I mean, the, the imagination. And I'm all set. The first season's going to be over. I'm watching it. Last, last episode, they kidnapped a little kid. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm praying for this kid, and it's made up. I'm like, what's happened to the kid? <laughs> they got me hooked. I'm worried about Walt. I like Walt. He's the cutest little guy. And they kidnap him. So I had to do my prayer work so I could get cleaned up enough so I could bring something of value. But I thought, look at me. It's all make-believe. As Laura says, a willing suspension of disbelief when you watch that stuff. I know, I know they got me. I'm willingly suspending my disbelief. So now I, I, I include Walt in my prayers. <laughs> what else am I going to do? I'm just telling you. Because life will hook us. Life will hook us. And I'm going to use these principles whether it's made up or not. Because I'm making it all up along, along with you. We are, Lloyd Tupper said this. Beautiful, beautiful guy. He was telling this story that Parker, I, I've told it before, but it's such a good story. He would fly to New York City. He's been in the movement 41 years. He's had four churches. And uh, as I mentioned, he started the Holmes Institute. And he got up and he said he used to fly to New York City to, to have Raymond Charles Barker work as his practitioner. And he would bring his list of people that troublesome people in his life, the people that were causing problems. Oh, he had a great quote. I've got to share it with you. He said one of his great teachers, not Barker, but another one, said that whenever negative ideas, negative people, untamed emotions or tamed emotions show up, she used to say to him, Lloyd, bless them and return them to their native state of nothingness. Bless them and return them to their native state of nothingness. Because we're making it up anyway. And so when we invite the bigger idea in, we're making that up. But if we're going to make something up, let's make up a rich, juicy idea. Something powerful and wonderful. Something wonderful is happening here. Something amazing is moving in and through and as my life. The universe hears that in response. Lloyd said this, I am in the world and you are in the world, but we are not of the world. Sound familiar? I am in the world, you are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are consciousness as idea. We are consciousness as idea. In temporal form called humanity and we are part and parcel of an infinite life that knows no bounds except those that we impose upon it. We are, we are part and parcel of an infinite life that knows no bounds except those that we impose upon it. That's the truth. That's our teaching. 
If we say it can't be done, the universe says it can't be done. It's not possible. But when we come back to the practice, when we continue to wash ourselves, it's, a, it's just a matter of giving birth to the new idea. So when we forget, we must prime the cosmic pump, as Lloyd said. The, the ego does not want to go to the pump. The spirit of life will not come down to this level. When we're in the pits, the, the infinite's there because it's all God. It's just a different frequency. We're, we're on the, the low AM station. And, and what the infinite is broadcasting is that Dolby surround sound. But we don't have, the, the, we don't have our, our tuner fixed to it. So all we hear is static. Because we spin in it. And it's having the awareness to turn to the untamed emotion and say, what's this for me? What's, what's for me here? And it's to be perfectly, perfectly grounded. That's why we need the spiritual practice. To turn towards it and find that place within us that, that is perfect and, and, and is always at peace and is untouched. Now, where is that in you physically? Find a place within you that is perfect and, and never is in discord and distress. That is a threshold to walk through. One of my most powerful experiences when I was in ex- extremely overwhelmed in emotions and feelings. And I have to get to my vehicle. I got up and I said, the one thing I can do is I can walk from here to my car. And as I was walking, all of a sudden this, this warm, overwhelming feeling of well-being came over me. Because I had exhausted myself. I had worried and fretted so much for so many days, for so many weeks. And finally, it just I couldn't sustain it anymore. And I'll never forget that. I thought, wow, I can call on that experience anytime I want. Despite what's going on. Because the truth of my being is the truth. And the facts of my life are the facts. The facts, but there's, the facts don't affect that place within us that is pristine. The, the ego does not want to go to the pump. The ego does not want to turn to the untamed emotions. The spirit of life will not come down to this level. We have to go to the well. We have to rise, raise ourselves up. The way it works, and you know it works that way. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just reminding you of something that you know so clearly. And when we go there, the well says this. You are the beloved. You are the beloved to whom I am well pleased. You are the beloved to whom I am well pleased. I am it, and so are you. And so it is.